from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. When Jordan Van Ryan looks back at 2020, what stands out most is how quickly the economy is recovering following dramatic declines in GDP and skyrocketing unemployment due to the pandemic. While we're certainly not in the clear, Van Ryn, CUNA's senior economist, is heartened by the resilience of the U.S. economy and credit unions. He's hopeful for a recovery this year as COVID-19 vaccines become more widely available and administered. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor for CUNA News. In late December, I talked to Van Ryn about his projections for economic growth and unemployment in 2021, the outlook for credit union balance sheets, possible roadblocks, reasons for hope, and more. So when you look at 2020, what stands out to you most from an economic perspective? And were there any big surprises for you? Yeah, I think one of the biggest surprises is just how quickly the economy has recovered, at least so far. If you recall early on during the pandemic, people were really thinking this could be a very bad protracted recession. Some even thought it could be another Great Depression. And even the Federal Reserve was predicting unemployment rates near the double digits by the end of this year. But really, unemployment has come down relatively quickly. It reached about 15% officially, 20% after adjustments in April, and fell to 6.7% in November, which is actually relatively low given everything that's going on. So that's been, I think, a nice surprise. It shows the potential resilience of the economy and hopefully how quickly the economy could potentially recover next year, especially once the vaccines are rolled out. Now, obviously, there's still a lot of warning signs. The longer this goes on, the more businesses permanently close, the more people become permanently unemployed. And those final jobs are always, of course, the hardest to get back. But overall, I think it is relatively good sign just how quickly the economy has recovered so far. And another COVID relief package just recently went into effect. What does this mean for struggling members and credit union balance sheets? Yeah, it was great to see that package passed. It's not as big as I think many economists would have liked. One of the concerns is that during the Great Recession in 2008 to 2009, a lot of people believe that it took so long to recover after that because the government didn't do enough to stimulate the economy. So I think most economists would have liked to see a lot more, but it's not a bad package. You know, $900 billion is really, it's the second biggest relief package, you know, after the CARES Act, bigger than anything I think we did during the financial crisis. So it is going to help a lot of people. Of course, we have the additional direct payments to households, $600 per adult and per child for most families. The extended unemployment benefits, $300, of course, only for 10 weeks. So I think a lot of people are hoping Biden will extend some of these things, but that's really great as well. Certainly a lot of people unemployed and really struggling. And then the reopening of the PPP program, of course, is really great as well. And something that credit unions have been very much involved in. Credit unions have done something like 200,000 PPP loans for about 10 billion. And the average size of those loans has only been about 50,000. So they're really targeting those towards small businesses. And we've heard some great stories about credit unions doing even 
PPP loans as low as $800, $900, just to really help some of these very small businesses. So all of that's great, as well as, of course, the funding for schools, for hospitals, nutrition assistance, all of that is really helpful and much needed and will help at least, you know, over the next few months or so. What do you see for economic growth in 2021? Overall, it looks like so far we should have a relatively robust recovery. Uh, We forecast economic growth of about 2.5% next year, which will be a little bit higher than the long-run average. That said, it looks like growth is going to fall about 3 to 3.5% this year. So that means that overall economic activity won't return to its 2019 level until probably sometime in 2022 or later. So, you know, we think growth is going to be relatively strong, especially once the vaccines are rolled out. You can imagine that people are going to feel a lot more comfortable to start traveling again, to go to restaurants, to go meet in person. It's going to take a while, as far as I can tell, following the news. It's still going to take quite a while before we can get back to kind of normal activity. We're going to want, you know, 60 to 70 percent of the population to be vaccinated and You know, that looks like it probably won't still happen until maybe the middle of next year. But at that point, I think the economy should return relatively quickly. That said, you know, there's sort of two effects going on that I think about. One, of course, is the short-term effects of the pandemic, but there's also these longer-term structural changes to the economy. So uh, if you recall, I was reflecting with GAC coming up, you know, last year at GAC, we were talking about some of the biggest concerns among credit unions were things like the yield curve and driverless cars, right? And it seems like a long time ago now. But those technological changes like mobile banking, online banking, drive-through banking, all of those things are going to be occurring as well. And now you have a lot more people, of course, working remotely. You have universities, for example, where I teach switching to remote and distance learning. And you have people doing online mobile food delivery services. So all of these things create more structural, longer term changes to the economy as well that we already saw happening, but this is sort of just accelerating that process. And that always creates new challenges and opportunities. It often harms people in sectors that are a little bit less flexible, left behind, but creates new opportunities for growth as well. What do you see for unemployment in the months ahead? It has come down quite a bit, as I mentioned, to 6.7% in November. We'll get another jobs report for December pretty soon here. We actually expect unemployment to maybe rise just a little bit in the next month or two because the pandemic is spreading so much once again. And we see, you know, cases and deaths, unfortunately, rising to record levels, new restrictions being imposed. So we really wouldn't be surprised if the unemployment rate rises again in the near future. I think we have it actually rising a little bit to 7% by the end of this year, so through December, before I think steadily declining in 2021. I think we have it falling to about 6.3% or so by the end of next year. We might lower that forecast as well uh, when we have our next meeting. It'll probably end up around 55 6%. And that'll be a nice decline, but at a slower pace, right? Because again, those remaining jobs that are lost are the hardest jobs to get back. Those are the businesses now that have permanently closed. And you also are going to have the effect where once the vaccines are out, a lot more people are going to be wanting to join 
the labor force and are going to be looking for jobs again. So that's also going to depress the unemployment rate a bit. And what do you see for credit union loans and savings and, and other measures? Credit unions have really done surprisingly well throughout all of this. I think there was a lot of concern when the pandemic happened at first that credit unions would be in a really tough position. But they've benefited from a number of things, including the really low interest rate environment, which has really spurred particularly first mortgage lending. And that's helped credit unions have pretty strong loan and membership growth. Uh, over the last 12 months, credit union loan growth is 6.6%, actually higher than last year, which was 6.5%. And they've had membership growth of 3.4%, pretty close to last year, 3.6%. And amazingly, Throughout this recession, the delinquency rate just continues to fall to near record levels of about 54 basis points through the third quarter. And that's way down, actually, from 70 basis points at the end of last year. Now, of course, we do expect that to change. We expect delinquencies to rise a little bit this year and next year. But overall, I think credit unions are in a pretty strong position. They had record capital levels at the end of last year. So we're in a very good position to weather this storm. And next year, you might not see as much kind of mortgage refinancing because a lot of people have already done those refinances. But as the economy recovers, I think you're going to see increases in things like auto loans and credit cards and personal loans, some of those normal loans that credit unions have been doing, as well as perhaps more PPP loans again, uh, since that stimulus bill has been approved. How about on the deposit side with the stimulus checks coming in? Do you think that'll be an issue credit unions will have to contend with, or will the increase in loan volume take care of that? With the first round of stimulus, there was a massive increase in credit union deposits. I think savings uh, went up like 8% in just that one quarter and are up something like 18% over the last 12 months, which is just uh, incredible, more than we saw during either the last two recessions. So we do expect a little bit of that, again, especially with this next round of stimulus checks. Uh, they are smaller, of course, but that's going to probably give a boost to credit union deposits again in the first quarter. And, you know, who knows what happens? But, of course, there's talk by the president and, and Congress of maybe doing even more direct stimulus payments, uh, as much as 2000 per person, which, of course, would really increase credit union deposits and savings again as well. Besides that, we do expect deposit growth to return to more or less its longer run average of about 8% per year, unless there is that additional stimulus, which of course would push it much higher than that. Loan growth, you know, we have it at about 6% next year. It's almost definitely going to be less than savings growth, which is pretty typical during recession periods. So that means credit unions, of course, are going to have increased liquidity and a lower loan to share ratio, which we've been seeing happen over the last uh, six to nine months or so. So as you look ahead to 2021, what are your biggest concerns and what gives you the most hope? You know, it really all comes down to the pandemic. And I think my biggest concerns are probably the same as most folks out there that, you know, after the holidays and everything, the pandemic is really just going to continue to get a lot worse before it gets better. And that's going to lead to, unfortunately, a lot more human suffering, a lot more deaths, and it could really reverse some of the gains of the economy as well, as we've mentioned. So that, of course, is, is a major concern over the next 
you know, maybe two to three months or so, we could be in for a pretty rough ride. But of course, there's lots of hope on the horizon as well. I think these vaccines appear to be incredibly effective. They're already being rolled out. Uh, my sister actually works in a hospital in Seattle, and she already got her first shot of the vaccine, which is really exciting. So I think that's just incredible. You know, I remember looking at some studies early on that showed that historically vaccines have not been that effective and have not been certainly developed this quickly. So it really shows our ability to put our minds and collective will together, invest in something and really come out with these vaccines that are very effective. So that I think bodes well for the longer term future. And, you know, you do see a lot of resiliency in the U.S. economy as well. I think it's, this is a very different recession compared to the Great Recession, which was really within the banking and mortgage sector. With this recession, you see, for example, housing values continue to go up. People have a lot of equity in their homes. The financial markets are relatively uh, strong and in decent shape. So I think as we come out the other end of this and get the vaccines rolled out, the economy should be in decent shape to recover relatively quickly. How likely is it that there will be a double dip recession and how can credit union leaders prepare for that possibility? It's definitely a possibility in the coming few months here with the pandemic really getting worse and more cases, you know, more restrictions. Typically a recession is only officially called if it's more than kind of a few months of an economic downturn. So I think that's a little bit less likely, we might have a month or two of an increase in the unemployment rate or maybe a month or two of a decrease in GDP, but it's less likely that that would extend over a longer period of time, like three to four months, which would constitute a typical recession. So I think there's a strong possibility there, but not necessarily the most likely scenario. Credit unions, you know, like we've been saying from the beginning, Chief Economist Mike Shank you know, has written some great articles about what credit unions can do in terms of really using that capital they've built out, let capital do its thing, continue to serve members and really try and weather the storm over the next three to six months or so. Certainly, credit unions are going to want to continue to do scenario analysis and consider worst case scenarios, what that means for loan loss provisions. And consider, of course, you know, your specific fields of membership. There are certainly credit unions that are in much worse situations than others. There are, for example, states like Hawaii and, and Nevada and New York that rely a lot on tourism that have much higher unemployment rates. There are credit unions that focus more on industries related to travel and tourism, restaurants that are going to be harder hit. So, you know, these credit unions, of course, are really going to have to try to work with their members and do modifications and deferments and all of these things that can really help their members and themselves weather this storm. The good news is, of course, you know, credit unions, as always, have risen to the occasion and are already doing this. If we look at the data, credit unions are really continuing to serve their members or, you know, over 90% doing modifications and deferments and fee waivers and all of these things. So we expect that credit unions will, will continue to do that for the foreseeable future. Are there any lessons that we can take away from 2020? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly, again, um, going back to last GAC, some of these concerns were much longer term trends like, you know, online lenders, driverless cars, all of those things. And I think it's kind of a wake up call that, first of all, credit unions need to be prepared for, for anything, any kind of emergency that could occur. 
but also a lot of those longer term trends towards mobile and online technologies, online branches, drive-through branches, all of those things are going to be coming a lot faster than maybe we initially expected. And credit unions really need to to learn how to transition and invest in those technologies. But at the same time, find the right balance because, of course, credit unions also have a great comparative advantage in their relationships with their members and that individual service. And there's a lot of research that shows the importance of maintaining those relationships, the importance of physical branches, and that a lot of members really enjoy that personal connection. So it'll be a tricky balance uh, that I'm sure credit unions will figure out, but they really have to think about. And the other thing I guess I would point to, you know, to not overlook is also, of course, 2020 was a big year for thinking about racial equity and diversity, equity and inclusion. And CUNA, of course, recognized DEI as the eighth cooperative principle. And we've done a lot of work at CUNA in terms of researching DEI and coming up with new data points about that. And I think we've learned a lot about the business case, how this is a really good business investment, as well as, of course, just being the right thing to do. And I think that's a really important lesson from 2020 as well that uh, I hope continues into 2021 and beyond, as, as I'm sure it will. So on a personal level, do you have any resolutions for 2021? Uh, yeah, good question. You know, I'm I'm not typically kind of a, a resolution guy. Uh, I guess I, I'm quite aware of the behavioral research that, you know, it often doesn't work unless you do really specific things to keep those commitments. Um, but I will say, you know, I think longer term things that I'm I'm personally working on through this pandemic, which is, of course, tough on everyone and, and certainly ourselves that feel very fortunate to have jobs and are able to work remotely, but still have, you know, a couple of young kids that are off and on, you know, working from home and things like that. But just how can we be more more present with our family, with ourselves to take time for, you know, meditation or prayer or mindfulness, whatever it is to really center yourself and really focus on what's important and avoid the technology has been great, but it can also be really distracting at times, of course, when you get all of the emails and notifications and feel like your work and your home uh, don't have that same separation as they did before. So that's one important thing that I'm, I'm trying to work on. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Maybe just to say uh, to anyone listening out there in the credit union movement that um, we see a lot of the data and the stories here at CUNA, and it's, it's just so inspiring to see what everybody's doing. You know, we talked about credit union folks doing these $800, $900 PPP loans. We've heard stories of people just working late into the night to get these PPP loans done. Credit unions giving incredible donations, you know, of food, clothing, whatever it is. And so, you know, just wanted to express our great appreciation and admiration for all of the credit union workers out there doing this incredible, incredible work. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.